Welcome to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal, Marianne, and Cousin Todd. Welcome to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal, Marianne, and Cousin Todd. I am Todd. Marianne is here. Jamal is in the air on his way to Washington. And uh, we're here with Ken Carlson, the the writer, artist, inker, you know, all the guys in between that do the comic book, um, Hellbent, Slant 6. And uh, he is doing a second issue. And more than that, but this is, that's what he's currently working on. So tell us about your comic book there, Ken. So Hellbound Slant 6 is a, I call it a heavy metal hot rod horror comic uh, in classic American grand, grand house style. Um, Hellbound Slant 6 is the story of Danielle, who is kind of a roadie with a touring heavy metal band or concert. Nice. And she gets a call from her mother, her estranged mother, and her mother tells her that... Uh, uh, the cancer has come back. So, uh, Danielle, as as much as she uh, is not necessarily on great terms with her mother, she decides that she needs to be with her uh, before the end. So she gets in her 1971 Panther Pink Dodge Demon and starts heading to, to, to visit her mom to be with her mom before the end. On the way there, she is uh, apparently pulled through a portal into the netherworld. Uh, she gets assaulted by demons and she manages to destroy them with her shotgun. Uh, Alistair Crowley uh, sort of uh, presents himself to her after she kills a sloth demon and lets her know that she's in hell. And that's, that's kind of a summation of the, of the first issue. And oh, then wow. uh, my dog just came inside. Puppy. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, so the second issue, basically, the second of four, there will be four issues total. Uh, the second issue of four continues the story um, of Danielle's journey through the netherworld. And basically, um, she's meeting all sorts of underworld figures. Um, there, there are uh, more details are coming forth in this issue that show the situation and the circumstances that led to her being in hell. Um Essentially, there's a civil war going on between, um, you know, Satan and another fallen angel in hell, who was a one of one of Satan's rivals when he was uh, when he was an angel. Uh, so now the two of them are, are sort of battling for control of the of the, the netherworld, and Satan is going to enlist the aid of Danielle to help him uh, get rid of the usurper. And that's and that's kind of in a nutshell the story. There's a lot more to it than that, but it's you know it's uh, it's got cool cars. It's got uh, you know kick-ass woman with a shotgun and lots of demons and monsters and devils and, and explosions and and it's uh, you know it's really fun, really cool stuff. I think it sounds pretty awesome. I got my I got my first issue from you from the last Kickstarter. Yeah, thank you. Yes. And I look, I, I I look through it, but then I put it back in its in its plastic sleeve, and it's it's been sitting there ever since. It's fucking cool. When you if you if you're able to get a table at the next uh, summer con, I'll have to bring it and have you autograph it for me. Awesome! Hell yeah, it'd be my pleasure. So how did you guys, Ken 
so in trying to promote my Kickstarter, I went and I'm trying to find like comic book and geek oriented podcasters and websites uh, and whatnot. And I just reach out to him. And uh, Todd is one of the few that replied to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was super cool because, like, if I sent out 100 emails, I might get two or three replies. Wow. That, that, I mean, that's a lot of hustle. That is, you got to respect that hustle to be trying to just reach out and, and just get your name out there. It's a lot of work. It's, you know, you could tell, you know, entertainers and stuff in general, anything that you're trying to do, it, it's it is a grind. And I'm sitting here as I'm listening right. to you kind of talk about it. It's like, how many, how many cartoons, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know the proper way of, of putting it, but people who, like these artists that are these creators of these comic books get to one or two issues and that's as far as it goes, you know, like, because I imagine it's a lot uh, like marketing, just like, like it and has the autograph for me. Ah! Sorry, <laughs> I, was tr- I was trying to share the link to the to Kickstarter and it automatically started playing the the stream. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no worries, you're all good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean he he reached out and says, "Hey, I got this this uh, heavy metal horror comic that I'm working on. Can I talk about it on your podcast?" I was like, yeah, dude. I like heavy metal. Oh, I like yeah. muscle cars. You know, I'm, <laughs> I like some horror movies. So yeah, let's do That's this. Your trifecta, though. That's your trifecta, though. I mean, yeah. Like, the hot babe, the, 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 the hot cars, and yeah, and heavy metal. Yeah. And it's interesting for me because I'm not necessarily super into most horror movies. Like I, there are some that I like, especially if they're blended with science fiction. Then I love them. But like, as far as comic books go, like when I was a, when I was a kid, I cut my teeth on superhero comics, like a lot of people did. But um, as an adult now, I don't really read superhero comics much anymore. But I love horror comics. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, like a lifetime ago, a very long <laughs> lifetime, several lifetimes. Right. Uh, reading Tales from the Crypt. And right. How that was, you know, and Vampirella and things like that, like they were just not something that I'd seen on a corner drugstore's shelves. Right. And how, I mean, they scared the hell out of me, but, you know, I still was kind of like titillated by watching, you know, seeing them. But right, yeah. What, what's kind of, what inspired to this? What makes this something that came to fruition? Whatever, I'm not. <laughs> what made it come so, about? What made it happen? So here, this is a, a maybe a little bit of what makes this interesting. I think is that uh, so I'm 43. Um, I originally wrote this when I was like 19, um, wow. and I drew the first issue, and I drew what are called. Uh, basically thumbnails of the second issue and the third issue. And thumbnails are basically just like a very small layout version of what the comic is is going to be. 
And when I was writing these, that's how I was writing them, as I was writing them in thumbnail form. Um, but I noticed by the time I got finished drawing the first issue, I had improved at drawing so much that I was like, well, now I need to go back and redo it. Um, and then, uh, you know, life happened, basically. Uh, I, I was drawing sample pages of scripts that I was sending out to Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, a bunch of different companies. You know, I had dozens of rejection letters. Um, but then I kind of, I think, got distracted with a little bit of, I was producing, writing and acting in a sketch comedy uh, public access TV show at the time. And that kind of, uh, I think, consumed a little more of my time. Uh, and I think a lot of that was simply due to the fact that the gratification on on creating a monthly TV show was quicker than the gratification of making comic books. And I essentially kind of walked away from that dream. Uh, and because of the circumstances of 2020 and the lockdowns and whatnot, uh, last April and May, I suddenly found myself with a lot more free time on my hands than I was used to because I didn't have to go to work. Um, and I used that opportunity to finish the first issue. Um, you know, and I went back to work in, in, in June. So the, the COVID lockdown quarantine situation for me didn't last long. Um, but I've also now I've, so now I've managed to finish the second issue as well. And there are four total issues in the story arc. Um, so really this thing is for me an absolute bucket list item. This is, this is a dream that I walked away from and abandoned when I was essentially 20 years old. And now here I am 23, 24 years later, realizing that if I don't do this now, I will never do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Right. Absolutely. And so, I mean, that, that would be what I would say to anybody who's got some kind of a dream on the back burner is like, take it off the back burner, put it on the front, turn the heat up and do it because, you know, time keeps slipping into the future, as Steve Miller would say. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a perfectionist, you're never going to get anything done because you're, you're never going to make anything that's perfect. That's just a fact. No. And that's just it, though. It's a lot of people. I think in a lot, I, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking about how, in a lot of ways, 2020 taught us that too, that, that things aren't going to be perfect, you know, and to embrace the fact that they're not perfect. Things like doing you know, Zoom meetings and stuff like that, and things go not as planned, and it's okay to have a product, like when you're doing something like that, that's not a perfect, it's not always going to be perfect. There's, no, there's always going to be room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that actually brings to mind uh, a quote from, uh, the end of Andy Weir's The Martian, uh, also in movie form by Ridley Scott with uh, Matt Damon, where he says, you know, where the main character, Mark Watney, says, at some point, everything's going to go sideways on you. And, and you can sit yep. around complaining about it, or you can get to work. It's as simple as that. Yep. Yep, and that's, and that's true. It's just like, you know, and, and it is very true. Life is full of hills and valleys. If everything yep. was perfect all the time, you would never be able to appreciate it can't appreciate those, those blessings in your life if you don't have those negative things that you've had to overcome to be able to get where you want to be or where you are today. But no matter where you're at, you have to always keep moving forward and doing something to, you know, because paradise will get boring and horrible after a amount of time. 
Absolutely. And that's uh, uh, to quote Carsey Blanton, who if you've never heard of Carsey Blanton, you should look her up because she's phenomenal. Uh, but she says ships are safe in harbors, but that ain't what ships are for. Um, yeah. Wow. But yeah, paradise would be would be so boring. True. Like, doesn't matter how great it is after a million years of it, you're going to be boring or you're going to be bored. Like, yeah, eternal oh, life yeah. is hell, I think. Oh, I agree. I agree because <laughs> there's, you know, that to me would be, uh, I, I, I remember a long time ago, my mom used to say, there's that old gypsy curse, may you live a long and interesting life. Right. And, you know, it sounds great at the time until, you know, let's define interesting. <laughs> right. Interesting. So, Interesting being living in an old folks' home with a bunch of uh, aides that are mean and nasty. Yeah, that's, that doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So be, beyond doing this comic book, what else is it, is it that you like to do when you're not working? Oh, man. Uh, I like laying in my hammock with my dog and drinking some tequila. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I make, uh, I make, I make movies. I've made, I made a sketch comedy TV show for, for a very long time. Um, and then I've made probably a dozen or more short films and I've made, I think at least one feature film, uh, which was also based off of a comic book, uh, called Penny Palabras used to be on Amazon, but Amazon took it down, uh, cause they didn't like it anymore, I guess, or and people didn't like it, but you can find it on the fantasy network. It's free to watch on there, uh, Penny Palabras. Also, Dead Drift, which is a science fiction comedy, you can find on the Fantasy Network as well. Um, and then I did a sitcom pilot that I produced and wrote and directed with a group of other people uh, called Roscoe the Junkyard Cat. Uh, it's about a foul-mouthed cat who lives in a junkyard, played by a, a puppet. Um, nice. And Yeah, we only ever made the pilot. We, we never found anyone to sell it to, so it, it never went beyond that. And then uh, last, so in 2019, in the summer, fall of 2019, and January, February of 2020, we were creating a proof of concept for a project called Enter the Mind Dungeon. And the plan was to, in March and April, launch a crowdfunding campaign to shoot a feature film in the summer of 2020. It's a, it's a mockumentary about adults addicted to playing Dungeons and Dragons. And it's, it was, uh, the script was, was written by me and my friend Maddie. And I think the script was wonderful. I was, I was totally in love with it. I thought it was hilarious. And I think, well, you know what happened? COVID happened. So oh, man. We, we didn't make, uh, enter the mind dungeon. And, uh, and I think the windows kind of closed on that project because everyone else is, is, you know, everyone that was involved in the project has really kind of gone their separate ways and, and things are, you know, everyone's life is progressing. But I, I think to, to pull everyone back together to, to try and find that magic again, I don't think it's going to happen. So so I've moved on to other things. And right now I'm, I'm really trying to finish these comic books before I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an admirable ambition. <laughs> Thank you. you. I, I think to be able to have something, no, I mean, to have something for your legacy. You know, a lot of people don't think about that. They don't think about what am I leaving behind. And that's what I love about, like, just the entertainment world is that you've got so many different eclectic personalities. But 
I don't think really any of them have that mentality that are what I just call mouthy breathers. <laughs> they, they think that, yeah, that, that, that life is all about just getting up, going to work, coming home, eating. Got to make the donuts. Getting up, going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I go to work because I like living in a house. I mean, that's that's really... I do, too. I yeah. do, too. I love doing stand-up, but uh, stand-up don't pay my bills. That's exactly it, right? So... Yeah, my, my art doesn't pay my bills, either. Not yet. So, until the next time. Until right. the next time. But, and, you... and that's the thing, though, is that, is that I, I have come to realize uh, that even if my art doesn't pay my bills, I still have to do it because it, it may not pay the bills, but it feeds my soul. Yes. Um, yes. So essentially, it's it's like a byproduct of me being alive. Like I, I have to do yep. this. So. And I I understand that because that's one of the things that I say all the time. Stand up comedy is not something I do. Stand up comedy is something I am. That's right. who I am. I can't whether I'm on a stage or not. I am always going to have to be performing because I need that outlet. I need that creative. Right. Not just the creativity part of it, but sharing that as well and. Being able to get that feedback from the audience is something that I crave. Right. Yeah, that the interaction and just the magic of it. Yeah, it's a it's a unique thing too, and not too many people understand it except for other comics. They, you know, they understand that craziness that drives us to get on the stage and in front of strangers at a bar and tell dick jokes. Right. Can I, and I, so I, I, cannot, I absolutely can't say that I understand the, the stand up perspective of it. But, you know, I, I've written comedy for a long time and I know and I recognize that what you guys do as stand up is like, is totally different than what I do when I write comedy um, oh, for, oh, you know, yeah. for the screen. But like, I, they're, they're kind of cousins in a way. Um, yeah. But they're, you know, they're, they're still not the same thing. They're different things. Yeah. And, uh, and I love stand-up. It's just I've never done it. I never will do it. Um, but I love people that do. It's a unique, it's a unique character. That's for sure. Right. Uh, it, it takes a, it takes a real masochistic mind to be able to <laughs> do stand-up. Right. Yes, I love getting abused on stage. Do it again. Right. I love it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's very public. You got to be willing to make a complete and total ass in public in front of God in the world and not give a shit, you know. And so, like I said, I've always said that some of the funniest people I know will never do stand up. Right. It's just not their right. not their forte, not something that they choose to to put themselves out there with. Yeah. So. Sorry, I'm just pulling into my driveway. Cool. Making all kinds of noise over here. I'm sorry. So, is, is there anything in the in the news that you guys have seen that you thought was uh, like I uh, you wanted to talk about? Oh my goodness, where where do I start? Hold on, let me <laughs> gather some thoughts. I think I sent some some stories over to you and Jamal. I can't remember what they were though. Some of the stories that is the fresh right now is coming out, and I know that Todd, you're not a, you're not an Eggball fan, but um, even you've heard of Richard Sherman. Yeah. Who was he? Was a football player. He 
for the Seattle Seahawks for several years. He was with the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. He was a, 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 a instrumental part of that happening. Well, Sherman, Mr. Richard Sherman got himself arrested yesterday on Wednesday. Mm. And he got arrested for domestic violence. Um, and this is where it's really interesting. It's, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because the domestic violence part of this was he didn't put hands on anybody. He was trying to break down the door of his in-laws um, and they pepper sprayed him because I guess they said they were afraid of him and they were afraid that he was going to hurt himself. So there's all kinds of different stuff coming out uh, in the news and, and the different accounts of what's happening where they're saying that he um, he threatened to hurt himself. That he was a threat to the, to his his in laws, um, and then they were saying that um, well nobody was was hurt, and it wasn't any it wasn't any felonies. It was just some misdemeanors. Then they were saying that he was drunk and he crashed at a construction site. Now they're saying that that you know, so it's 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 straight how this is all kind of playing out, and it's very public and it's very disturbing because what, first of all, I didn't realize Richard Sherman's only 33. I didn't know that. I thought he was much older. Only and 33. Wow. Yeah. I thought he was older too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's only 33. I thought he was older. And, um, and I, I know that his wife is coming out and she's, um, stating that she wasn't hurt. Her kids weren't hurt. That everything's fine and she supports her husband and she's trying to get him, you know, they just want to take care of things and get him the help that he needs. Um, but it's, it's strange how, like, it makes you kind of question with, with domestic violence and everything. And like, what are the things that they talk about? And, and everybody's got an opinion on this. And one of the things that they talk about is how abusers will use that I'm going to kill myself as a means of control of trying to put you in check to try and get you to feel sorry for them to make you um, like give in to their, their rant. Make them the make them the victim and not the aggressor. Exactly. And then of course, you know, you when you throw some alcohol on top of that, it just makes things even worse. Um, yeah. And and I mean it's it's interesting because this is all over the news. Now, if you take a look back in June, we had another football player who was involved in a domestic violence. He is a backup quarterback. Dwayne, I can't remember what his last name is, and I don't have it in front of me, is a backup quarterback for Pittsburgh Steelers. He was involved in a domestic violence where his wife hit him, and she ended up getting arrested. And she hit him hard. She hit him so hard, she broke his tooth. I don't know what she hit him with, but she, she clocked him. And so, it, and it's funny, like how you just responded right there, kind of, kind of like that chuckle. Yeah. Tells you the difference of how people view domestic violence when it's a woman that is abusive towards the man versus the man being abusive to the woman. There's a huge discrepancy, you know, and the concern being, the, oh, you let a woman hit you, you're a big football player, you're supposed to get back in there, and what the fuck right. you? Yeah. 
if he did put a hand on her or try to defend himself, well, then he would end up in court and he would end up being in full and going to jail. So there's a very similar dynamic with that. um, You know, you don't joke about rape unless it's men in prison. And then all of a sudden it's fair game. Right. Exactly. And is that whole kind of mentality of um, how people view any kind of like that, the stereotypical abuse of a, a woman versus the stereotypical abuse of a man and how much of that pendulum is changing and how we as a society haven't taken that time to grow up and, and mature and realize either either one is wrong. That, that violence is violence and that if it's against a man or a woman, it doesn't matter that, that if the man's being abused, it's because he's not, you know, typically it's, it's because he's not fighting back. He's not defending himself. Um, I've, I've frequently tried to make the argument that a 300-pound man hitting a 110-pound man is just as bad as, you know, uh, a man hitting a woman. Like, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but people, you know, people don't want to hear that. They're like, no, no, it's it's fine. It's, it's a man. And I'm like, no, it's not fine. Like, Men's bones are more dense than women's. I mean, and that, and that is true, but, like, still, like, you know, there are weight classes for a reason. If you if you weigh twice as much as somebody, you shouldn't hit them. Like, that's just not right. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. But I'm just not a big fan of violence in general, unless it's cartoon violence. Yeah, and no one ever gets hurt in cartoon violence. <laughs> right. You know, you you can fall you can fall thirty story thirty stories off of a building and bounce off the ground and just hear a puff of smoke at the bottom. You're fine. Just brush off and walk away. Of course, you know you're you're a coyote at that point, but you know. <laughs> and who wouldn't want to be a coyote? Right. Yeah, hello. Especially <laughs> if you got that road runner. But you know, and that's just, the thing is though is is that when you're looking at. Uh, these different stories, to me, here, here's what's interesting is, is that the story about R- Richard Sherman all over, all over the friggin' web. Yeah. Every time you turn around, it's talking about, they're talking about it all over the radio, they're talking about it on, you know, on the news, all this different stuff. But, you know, the one about Dwayne his, getting hit by his wife and having a domestic, <clears throat> not talked about it at all. Crickets. Right. And yeah, that is a problem because it does need to be talked about because it needs to be the reason is, is that they need to have that discussion about the domestic right because it creates that safe place to talk about things men men don't won't talk about it there's probably more happening than than getting reported because a man's not going to talk about it because it's it's embarrassing and it shouldn't be happening and that's it doesn't happen to men that only happens to women. Right. Well, and that's and isn't that what happened with with uh with Johnny Depp and, and Amber Heard? I mean, the the yeah. domestic violence was on him and not her, but yeah. that's you know they they tried to twist it in such a way that well, what did he do to get her so angry that she she abused him? What did he right. what did he do to instigate it? It's like, well, could it be that she exactly. was you know she's an alcoholic and a crazy bitch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I okay, heard stories of her, her her taking a shit in the middle of his bed because she was angry well, at him. And a part of our culture, like 
teaches it teaches men to internalize any of that kind of stuff like yeah you know if someone hurts your feelings we say man up like it's i mean it's in the language like we're supposed to you know men are supposed to crush these emotions and feelings deep down inside and you know stop uh, being a pussy exactly yeah, yeah. Um, you know stop being a pussy man up and go get the the, the job done put on and your big boy pants you yeah. know yeah. Yeah, boys don't cry. Stop crying. Boys don't cry. Knock it off. I shared Um, I shared a couple stories in the in the chat. One of which is, um, uh, new police tactic for getting them to stop being filmed. Essentially, what the officers are doing is, as soon as they they notice they're being filmed, what they'll do is they'll pull out their phone, open up Spotify or some other app, and play whatever pop music station is available. And play it loud enough that the camera can hear it. So then when someone tries to stream it or post it on Facebook or YouTube or whatever the platform is, that automatically mutes the audio because of copyright. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's dirty. Yeah. That is dirty. And because the guy's, the officer's wearing a face mask, you can't even read his lips. Right. right. I think the video that you posted, though, I watched it, uh, I think, earlier this week or last week. Um, it didn't work. Like, he, he tried it, and, and it didn't work. So, good. And I, and I hope it doesn't work, because yeah. that, is, that is a pretty cheap tactic. Well, and the thing is, though, is, is that if they're doing that, they should automatically, that automatically should, should indicate that they're guilty. Right. You did something wrong. If you're going to start pulling some dirty shit like that either you you're going to do something or you did do something right that's that's some bullshit right there and as 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 uh, authority uh figures and bootlickers are so fond of saying uh if you're not trying to hide anything why are you trying to mute your audio right <laughs> like if you're not trying to, if you're not doing anything wrong you have nothing to be afraid of right that is what they're fond of saying yeah, and it, yeah. Now it's just oh man. When I saw that, I was like, "Is this for real?" I mean, the that YouTube channel doesn't usually post bullshit stories, so um, right. I, I mean, on one hand, I'm like, I'm impressed by the the creativity uh, in in thinking of that, but on the other hand, like, you know. I don't know. I, I we have serious problems that that need to be addressing, like that need to be addressed, like, you know, police should all have body cams that broadcast live to the cloud while they're on duty, you know? That's not like a that. bad idea, actually. Well, I mean, I think it's it's not okay because there are probably sensitive things that shouldn't be public. I mean... Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, because maybe, it... like, most things that they do should be public. It's it's Right. I mean, I think that it... Just because it's to the cloud doesn't mean it's public. It could be like to a secured cloud thing that is not is not accessible directly to the officer once it's been posted or once it's been uh, broadcast to to that remote computer. You know. And I've read another thing that people are talking about, like if you're if you're you know if you're a police officer and you have body cam and your body cam stops working or you manually shut off your body cam for any reason, that's like instant. Uh, disciplinary action it's like fuck yes do it 
And it, and it should be because if you're turning off your body camera, there's a reason why. Nobody who right. plans on and things going uh, um, legally is going to shut off their body cam. Because as a police officer, that body cam protects you too. Yep. Yeah. It protects you from someone saying that you did something wrong. Like to me, if I were a cop, I would want that thing on all the time. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, have you guys looked at that other link that I posted? The the YouTube the Yahoo Entertainment News. Rob Sch- Rob Schneider oh, is a stapler. <laughs> Rob Schneider, oh, derp a derp derp. <laughs> Rob Schneider, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, it's a South Park thing, Marianne. Seriously, the only thing he's been in in the last what three decades is have all been Happy Madison Productions. Yes, yes. And he hasn't he hasn't done anything else because he doesn't have anything else, you know, going for him. I mean, it's, it's not like he's got something. This it makes me mad too because you know he. He actually has done some some acting that I thought was enjoyable, that I laughed at, and I thought it was funny. And then he comes out, and it's like, look, just stop. Just just stick, stick to the joke. Try and be funny, because the shit that you're, you're trying to do is not funny. I, I'm I'm just waiting for someone to do like a a a a parody of one of his old SNL skits where they they're making fun of him being an anti-vaxer. You know, uh, like like his his character he did uh, where he's like making copies, you know, <laughs> not getting <Yeah>. a fax, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's a joke. He uh, went dude. from telling jokes to becoming a joke. Yeah. And... Even his characters in Adam Sandler's movies aren't even that funny anymore. Like the last one I no. watched him in was uh, one of was it Grown Ups Two. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh God, that was painful. <clears throat> oh, those those yeah, movies his, were funny, but his character was just like, oh his come on. Character was painful. Yeah. His character was very painful. And not impressive. Yeah, I I think the only other thing that he's done, I don't know if it's part of Happy Madison Productions or not, but he has a show on Netflix called The Real Rob or something like that, and it's essentially him and his family, and it's. It feels like it's scripted. It probably is scripted, but it, it it's present. It. I also think it might also be presented in such a way that it could be a reality show, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I it could be like mockumentary style, like okay, it's presented as a reality show, but they're like they have themes or or like plot details that they have to hit, like certain beats that they're gonna hit, but they're improvising to get there, kind of thing. Gotcha. Like, you know, I think. Christopher Guest movies are that way. I saw the commercials for it, and I was like, you've got to be effing kidding. Who the hell gives a shit who Rob Schneider is, let alone watching him and his family? They're like a bunch of little roaches running around. A little mouse house. Well, that's it's funny you say that because that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking of when when that voiceover from from South Park pops in my head. Rob Schneider is a stapler because. <laughs> The, the 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 bit was like Rob Schneider was would do anything to be on camera, right? <laughs> Just anything. Yeah. Well, because wasn't it he had made uh, Rob Schneider is a carrot? No, um, 
The hot chick. The hot chick is what they're making fun of, yeah. Yeah. And it was like... Yeah. It, it was one of those body swap movies where some middle-aged white dude, like, swaps bodies with a teenage girl. Oh, I thought, I've seen it, and I thought it was, I thought it was actually funny. It was, <sighs> like, it, it was painfully stupid, but, you know, <laughs> look, don't judge me, Todd. Don't you judge me, Todd. I know some of the shit you watch. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know what? I'll, I'm the first one to admit to things that I watch. I don't hide anything that I watch, so what do you got? I wasn't, I'm not <laughs> saying that I, you know, that I didn't watch the hot chick, the hot chick, and I, I actually enjoyed it, but I also watched that movie. How old is that movie? Like 20 years old? 20 plus years, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. like, I think it was early 2000s. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, I was a, you know, a single mom taking care of my son. And the hot chick came on. Yes, it was, it's closer to adult entertainment than Blue's Clues. <laughs> I, think, I think you could be forgiven for, for watching the hot chick back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think that I think you get a pass, Marianne. You know, at least at least it wasn't. What was that one that? Um, oh shit! It's actually almost the same story, except for instead of some just random middle aged dude, it's a middle aged. Uh, like, uh, um, of course my brain decides to go, uh, serial killer. He like swaps brains with a teenage girl. It's, um, um, dude from, uh, the, the guy, the guy from, um, um, Wedding Crashers, not Owen Wilson, the other one, Vince, Vince Vaughn. It's essentially the same story except for, you know, some random dude. It's it's a serial killer and the serial killer's in the girl's body and going around killing her friends. Yeah, I never saw it cuz it looks stupid. Oh, Vince Vaughn. Need I say more? Yeah, right. He pretty much plays the same character in every movie, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He he absolutely does. He recently did a movie that I watched for Christmases with Jennifer Aniston. And I already hate it. <laughs> was it was some blonde. It was no, no. Excuse me. It was the chick who played in Sweet Home Alabama. What's her name? Um, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Reese Witherspoon. So Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn for Christmases, where they had to go spend their vacation, their their time off with their family. Oh, I think I have seen this. Parents were divorced, so they had, you know, four different parents, you know, houses they had to go to. Because they typically would have slipped off to some right. paradise, and because of a storm, they couldn't. And then the news interview. Yeah, I did there, see this. Yeah, it was actually pretty funny. It was, it had some, but what made it funny wasn't Vince Vaughn. It was Reese Witherspoon made it funny. Right. I think her being able to, her character and how she was able to play it made that movie funny. Vince Vaughn just played Vince Vaughn. Like, right. And I can understand <laughs> what you say. Vince Vaughn and, and Jennifer Aniston, no, they did actually do a movie together. And yeah, the right, breakup, played, right? Yes. And, and you've got two actors that play the exact same character every single <laughs> show that they're in. Yeah, I was going to say, Reese Witherspoon's actually a decent actor. Uh, yes, she is. Whereas, like, Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, it's like, eh, eh, same, same thing every time. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that's just there's no there's no um like no character there's no depth to the character you just you already right. know you're gonna get um um oh my gosh friends um her character Jennifer, rachel. rachel rachel yeah yeah you're gonna get rachel and I don't even know Vince Vaughn. I don't know what one of his characters. I mean, that yeah, whatever his character from Swingers was named. Yes. Yes. That's a hundred percent his character. That's Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. So in anything that they do, that's what you're gonna get. Right. Well, I I think the only way Vince Vaughn could could be any more famous with with his mediocre acting is if he became a Scientologist. That's true. That's very true. Think of all Scientology the... is is the new. Um, so it used to be back in the day that they said that um, Jews ran Hollywood, okay? And nowadays it's Scientology. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, dang! If you click that link I just posted in the in the Facebook chat, you look look at how young Matt uh, John Favreau is. Oh my gosh, John Favreau. Dude, <laughs> did you ever see that movie that John Favreau was in called PCU? I love PCU. <laughs> he plays like the stupid, stupid called Stoner. Yeah, yeah. His name was Gutter. Yeah, I love that movie. It's such a good movie. You know, David Spade is like the leader of like the Young Republicans. <laughs> like they worship Ronald Reagan. That was such a good movie. Think about that movie. I saw that movie years ago, and I, I spent the good part of a summer trying to find the song that 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 uh, Parliament was playing, and I could uh-huh. never find it. Turns out it was a Prince song. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I could well, I couldn't find it because it was never released on an album anywhere by oh, George Clinton. Okay. It was, you know, it was. It was. It was. I think it may. It may not have even made it on that soundtrack to that movie. If that movie had a soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the one. Yeah. John Favreau w- w- with White Boy Dreads. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was a great movie. <laughs> that was that was back in the day when like politically correctness was like a brand new thing. I think. It was pretty fresh, still, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. If you, if people at home, they're listening. If you've never seen PCU, it's well worthy five dollar rental from like Amazon or or Apple or Google. It's it's a it's a funny like college age you know coming of age type movie. Think of like every other college movie you've seen. It's very similar, except for you know it has. Some well, actually, everybody in the movie is relatively famous even back then, but they're even more so now. Yeah, no, it's got a decent cast, and it's a good movie. It really, it really kind of takes on the. Uh, it's a, it's like a almost a lampooning of the of the college movie in a way, but not like, uh, not like not another teen movie or in that that. No, genre, it was but... it was way smarter than that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. Huh. Nerds, yeah, yeah, there was much ne- more like Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, it was sure. like Revenge of the Nerds, or um, um, actually, I think this was before like um, um Van Wilder, yeah, it was before Van, Van Wilder, yeah, yeah, because it was PCU came out in 94, yeah, 
Uh, it's almost like Revenge of the Nerds, but from like a stoner kind of perspective, almost. Uh, yeah. Not really. Cutter was the only stoner character. Well, there were other. Well, no, no, Jake Busey was the other stoner. Like that's right. It like, was. He was essentially Beavis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was. I was like, oh my god, real life Beavis. <laughs> I love how Jake Busey just looks like Gary Busey turned up to 11. <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, actually more accurately, it would be turned down to 11. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Cause his right. dad is super fucking nutty. Yeah, that dude's Looney Tunes, man. Looney Tunes. Yeah. So. Who's daddy? Uh, Jake Busey's dad, Gary Busey. Oh, Jake Busey. I so I haven't seen Jake Busey. I don't know what he's been in. Um, he's he's been in a, in a few things. He was in um, um, what was that movie with with the alien bugs? And oh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Starship yeah, Troopers. Yeah, I don't even remember him from that. I remember him from Contact oh. with Jodie Foster. Oh yeah, huh? Because he was the guy that like blew up the first machine. Oh yeah. He was, and then he was in PCU. He was also in a movie called The Stoned Age, where he was kind of like the the preppy guy yeah. who lived up in the uh, in the Palisades in California. Okay, yeah, it's a. It came out in like ninety nine, two thousand. It was kind of a early eighties, late seventies kind of stoner kind of buddy film. Okay. I'm sure it's it's on. I'm sure it's on like uh, Tubi or one of the other free ones you can watch for free. Right. But uh So Marianne, have you been watching Loki? Uh, you know what we, we watched we started watching now keep in mind, Todd, we just got our house. Right. This last week. Like we it's barely been eight days. So um I actually made a comment on Sunday. We were sitting on the couch our couch watching T V and I was like, Oh my god, do you realize that this is the first time in months that we've actually sat on a couch in our place and watched TV. We didn't even have a couch like for months. We had to be- like we had the bed at the at the ghetto hotel that we called it. And so it's still like it's still so new. Um, we're still trying to get some stuff moved and settled in. But um, we did actually watch Loki. We started watching the first episode, and we we didn't make it through the first episode. So we're going to have to kind of go back and revisit it. I think we're going to have to, when we're not as, as tired and, and just breaking out. We did, however, watch Black Widow. It took us three days, but we watched. <laughs> what did you and think of Black Widow? It took us three days to watch it. Really? It wasn't, it wasn't because you were busy? You, you just, no. It was that difficult to watch? Yeah, it wasn't that riveting. I mean, there were certain parts of it that I thought was good. Other parts, I was like, you know, we had, and we actually had a really hard time. We talked about it. We we're like, if we saw this in the theater, we'd be pissed because we'd have a hard time hearing everything and understanding it. And so we were trying to figure out, like, I don't know if it's because a lot of it was just mumbled and we couldn't quite understand what they were talking about. And I'm mean, like, we need some closed captioning or something because. We're getting it. I don't know if it's just the way our, our TV's still on the floor. We still haven't mounted our TV onto the wall yet. 
so yeah. on the floor. And so it's kind of bounce, it's kind of muffled the sound. But it it was even with that, I still have to say that it was it was an okay show. But it wasn't something that was really riveting. It wasn't something I, that caught our attention and, and took us through it. I think you probably would enjoy it if you saw it in theaters because uh, it's loud enough that you can understand what they're saying. Number one, two. When they're speaking Russian, there is subtitles, so that was part two. We didn't have that, so we didn't we couldn't understand what they were talking about when they were talking in Russian. Yeah, and yeah, it's so it's, that kind of lost us a bit. It, okay, I will say this: I saw it in theaters. I went and saw it opening day. Um, I will say this: I enjoyed it, but then again, I I enjoy a lot of movies that you guys thought were stupid or lame, but um. <laughs> And, and there's no counting for taste with you guys, honestly. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> but you know, it was it was. Uh, I'll say this: uh, there was no super powered superhumans, with the exception of uh, David Harbour's character, and he didn't really flex that much when it came to using his abilities. He has the same abilities as Captain America. And uh, right. he really only used them like to get out of prison, and then beyond that, he pretty much stayed back and let the girls handle everything. Right. So, um, but yeah. And that part I appreciated. I appreciated that part. I appreciated. There was definitely things about the movie that I, I truly was able to appreciate. The fact that there was a strong female character that was, she was an Avenger, and she was able to. Uh, still be able to hold her own even though she didn't have any of the superpowers that everybody else did, yeah you know and i like that part and i like you know that she's she's a smart i love the the kind of the the um play between her and her sister and you know some of the different conversations you know that so you know, so why is it when you when you you do that superhero landing you you put your head up like that why is it you do that <laughs> And you pause, you pose. And you you're pause, you pose. You're such a poser. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was great. But again, uh, I, I saw it in theaters, so maybe that's the difference. It's well worth seeing at least once. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's. Um, and I, I actually, I, I felt it was very much like, like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It had that kind of vibe to it. It was it was less a superhero thing than it was like an espionage, you know, U.S. versus foreign power kind of thing. And uh, right, yeah, we haven't finished watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yet either. We only got into like one episode of that as well. Oh, dude, it gets so, so good. And that's and that's what I hear. So that's you know, and I know that it's going to take me sitting down. It's gonna it's literally going to take me saying no. This is what we're watching. And yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna be all poly pants about something, and I'm gonna go, no, this is what we're watching. Yeah, and yeah, and, and that's that's what we had to do with WandaVision. Like he was like, I didn't catch any of that. Hello. And then he, WandaVision just because they weren't familiar with uh, I know a lot of people had difficulty getting into WandaVision am I muted? No I hear you Okay can you hear me Todd? I can hear you you guys all like got all weird for a second there Oh, I think okay, maybe my right. internet was being stupid 
Well, I guess I know a lot of people had trouble getting into WandaVision because they weren't familiar with the character of the Scarlet Witch and the fact that she can warp reality with her brain. And, uh, yeah. like, I'm, you know, a big fan of comic books since way back in the day, so I knew that going in, so I loved every minute of it. Because I'm like, to me, any, any, and I also love any, I love Philip K. Dick's writings and anything that deals with, like, warping reality, I'm, I'm all about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I thought WandaVision was exceptional. Yeah, I, I loved really, WandaVision. It was great. It, I freaking loved it so much. And then, you know, of course, at the end, it was just like it was so heartbreaking. You know, right. Yeah. It was. It was such a beautiful story. Very well written. Yeah. No, all six episodes of Loki are available. You can watch it on on uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, for those listening at home, if you haven't watched it yet, like Marianne and Romeo. Uh, but yeah, sit down and, and, and the other thing with that is if you know anything about like Loki and his character and whatnot, and like the whole story between him and Thor, there's lots of little Easter eggs in the background through th most episodes. I think there was one that I saw that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, there's a sequence where the, the camera was moving up through the ground, and you see like layers of of debris and like you know the different layers and different eras and whatnot. And amongst those was Thor's hammer and Frog Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Todd, I don't know how long this goes, but I think I'm going to have to get going. All right. Well, we, we, can, uh, we can let you go if you need to go. All righty. Well, I appreciate you having me on so much, Todd. No problem, man. It was Thank fantastic you for joining us. Nice to talk to you, Marianne. You as well. Thank you for joining us. You might have to come join us again when we got all three of us on board. I would be delighted to. Uh, I love chatting with you guys, and also I love the opportunity to uh, plug my comic book. Well, plug away. So where, that being said, where can people find you, Ken? Uh, you can find me on um, Facebook, um, uh, just Ken Carlson, um, or Facebook.com slash Kenzo Draws. Um, and then the kick, the Kickstarter for Hellbound Slant Six. If you just go to Kickstarter and search for Hellbound Slant Six, um, I guess probably the easiest central place to find any of that stuff is all my website, which is kenzofkc.com. Okay, um, great. Yeah. Twitter, you do Twitter.com/slash kenzofkc, K-E-N-Z-O-F-K-C. And I posted the link to the to the. Uh kickstarter on the facebook page so people can just Hell yeah, thank find you. it there too and i need a link to the facebook page because i don't know where it is it is facebook.com slash not about you the letter u pod awesome i will go to there not about you not about you pod yep awesome well thank you guys so much i appreciate it no problem sir you have a good day Alrighty, you too. Take care. Take care, Marianne. Nice talking with you. Nice talking to you. Thank you for joining us. Alright, bye. <laughs> bye. Alright, Marianne, do you want to continue going or do you want to uh, call it a night? Um, we might call it a night here in a little bit. Um, well, we've got a little bit more time that we can go keep on. Um, okay. Let me go plug my phone in. I just noticed it was down to 20%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm at home now. I'm in my soon to be studio that I haven't got set up yet. Um, nice. It's it's a little bit less echoey in here uh, right now because the house is so 
carnivorous. Karen is it's massive. I, I didn't realize yeah. how big the house was until I saw the photo of you two standing in front of it. It's like knowing how big the two of you are and you standing in front of the door and you look like children. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. a huge house. <laughs> it is a very enormously huge house. Well, when you uh, sent me photos of the house with like nobody standing in front of the doors, you just like a walk through the house. It's like, this looks like a nice house. It doesn't look very big, but it, it looks like a nice house. And then I saw the photo of you standing in front of the doors like, oh, wow, that is a big place. It's a huge house. It's a huge house for a couple of big dudes, a couple of big people like myself and Romeo. So it is. Um, it's fluffy friendly for sure. Oh, it is very big people friendly. In fact, uh, he took a, a bath in the tub. For the, oh, I took my bath first. I was in the bath first. And I was enjoying the bubbly jets and just oohing and on about how just relaxing it was. And, and I was sitting there and he kept looking and I was like, come join me. And he's, I said, just get, get undressed. And, and I said, sit on the edge and put your feet in. So he started putting his feet in. Well, I, I got up and slid on the back side. And so he, I, I enticed him to come slide into the tub. And big dude got into the tub. It was able to so, set all the way down and be completely submerged underwater with his, his like, kind of crisscross applesauce on the tub. Had a little <laughs> place for his arms to rest. And he was just bubbling away and had the biggest smile on his face as he was sitting in this big old tub. That's so hilarious. Bubbling away. That's awesome. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a very, you know, it's so, like, we're still waiting for somebody to come kick us out of their house. You know, <laughs> like, we snuck in. And somebody's going to come and go, get out of my house. And we're like, no, it's ours. We put pictures up and everything. <laughs> we put pictures up and everything. <laughs> and it's actual pictures yeah. of family, I'm sure. Not like, you know, some people who just buy the frames and put the frames up. Oh, we no, no, no. We put up pictures of dragons. Are you kidding? We put up the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like the things you like are dragons. This, this, gonna... this is my ex's mom. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so we've got, I mean, so, you know, um, and the other night, we he kind of scared the neighbors. He scared the neighbors. Uh, but he went outside in his drawers, and, you know, his, his <laughs> boxer drawers, to go water the lawn in the back. It's in the backyard, right? Okay, and okay. He, and he's out in his, I mean, he's in his yard, for, for fuck's sake. He can do, the man can do what, he's not, like, exposed. He's wearing his boxer briefs and a shirt, and he goes out there. And all of a sudden I hear, frog, frog, frog. And I'm like, what the hell? And he's yelling. And, and all of a sudden I see the lights on the house behind us come on. Like, they think he's he's scouting, he's scoping the place or something. I don't know. Like, they think he's, he's, he's getting ready to rob him. I don't know. Oh, my God. There was a little tiny frog. There was this little a tree frog, frog, yeah. Just sitting there in the rocks underneath the, the water fountain from where we turned it on. And I mean, it was actually, we hadn't even turned on that, that spigot yet. So I don't know where this little frog came from, but he was just adorable. And I asked Romeo if, we, if he wanted me to catch him and let him, if he wanted to hold him. And he's like, no, I'm good. I don't need to hold him. Yeah, he doesn't like, like... You're not afraid of this little frog, are you? <laughs> it's you Marianne, it's a wild animal. He doesn't like wild animals. We, we heard this before. Yes, this is true. This is true. <laughs> so, but, you know, frogs are harmless. So I don't know. You know, although I will have to say that we found three big ass spiders so far in this house. Oh, we, dude! I, one of them he killed. I didn't see the second one. I found in our our sink, 
<laughs> thing, this big spider. And I killed that one because he wasn't here. And then the sec the third one, I got out to the refrigerator. It was just bedtime, and I went out to the fridge, and there was this big ass spider on the wall, like climbing up the wall. And I'm like, Robbie out, Robbie out, Robbie out, save me. Spider duty. <laughs> I made him get his his. He was all comfortable with his little face mask on and everything comfortable in his bed. I made him get his ass up and kill that spider for me because that's his job. He kills <laughs> spiders for me and protects me from spiders. Know your job. <laughs> I will protect you from snakes and frogs. You you got to handle the spiders. If you're here, I don't care what you're doing. You're pooping. Get off the toilet. Pinch it off. <laughs> get out here and save me from the spider. Oh, man. <laughs> I um, I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, I I got up to go use the restroom, and uh, I'm sitting there doing my business, and I felt this thing hit my lower back as I'm sitting on the toilet, and I immediately stood up. <laughs> it, it was a uh, it was a house spider. And, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I took some toilet paper and pushed him into the toilet and flushed him down the toilet and then, then sat back you down. Flushed him. I flushed him. I made sure he flushed. <laughs> he was you gone. Yeah. He was okay. gone. Once he was gone, I, I, I sat back down and finished what I was doing and quickly finished up and got the fuck out of the bathroom. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm. I'm going to go use the other bathroom for a couple of days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, we actually have these plugins. So that's what they do. I got to show you a picture. I, I got to turn the phone around. I'll, I'll show you. Okay. The whole purpose of these plugins is to, sorry, I had to turn a light on. It's all good. All these things do. Let's see if I can figure out how to turn my, oh shit. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You just now. took a picture of us. <laughs> I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Can you see that I'm still so new at this? Okay. There you go. That right there? Yeah. Gets rid of spiders. Really? Yep. And I'm telling you, Romeo had them in his house in Bremerton. We didn't have any issues with spiders there. I think I saw a spider in, in a year that I was there. I think I saw a spider once. Yeah. So I told him, we need those plugins all around here. <laughs> um, and my daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-law got some for the my old house when I moved out because she I told her about them. So she had a bunch of them all over the place. Yeah. And they used to the thing about that house is they used to get big spiders, and I'm I'm talking like yeah, like the ones that get here. Yes. Yeah. The big ass spiders in the in the downstairs bathroom, which was fine. I never went down there, so I didn't care. But like I'd heard some stories about some of these spiders, like they they killed it five times and it kept coming back. (laughs) And so, and my grandson, God bless his little heart, he knows that he's a spider. He protects his mama from the spiders, so that's his job. He kills spiders. He's being raised like a good young man should. You protect your woman from spiders, and at this point, his woman is his mom because he's sick. So right. um, she ended up getting a bunch of those. She got a bunch of them, too. She put them around the house. 
And I didn't see any spiders. She's like, yep, I haven't seen any spiders since I got those things. So they work. They work amazing. I don't know what they do, what they admit. I mean, hell, they maybe they're causing cancer in us. Or, you know, I don't know what the little flashy light is. It's, it's, it's like it's turning the little spiders into little toy robots. And they're telling them not to, you know, step away from the house until they're ready to unite the whole spiders of the world to come attack us. But I, they're I'll, working for now. All I hope is that those things also keep the things that spiders eat out of the house. Yes. All of that. That's the only thing that's keeping me from completely losing my shit every time I see a spider in this house because I know they eat other bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why when I saw that little frog, I was like, you know what, little frog? You do you hang out all you want. You eat any of the spiders before they come into the house. That's quite all right. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting how we have such a different perspective on on frogs in our family here than our family in Ireland. The, the, the frog is a, it's a completely and totally different perspective. Why? What do they think of frogs over there? When they see frogs, it means somebody's going to die. I did not know that. I've seen so, lots of frogs. And, and the thing is, though, is this, so, um, and it kind of started back when great aunt Nan, her husband, they, uh, he was sick, and they were went to go get the mop bucket. And they were going to go mop the floor, and there was a bunch of frog. There was a frog in there, and he died later that night. And um, um and cousin Mary, before she died, one of uh, she she dreamt about all the frogs in the bog, back behind um, Nan's house. And then uh, when we were there in Ireland, it was so funny because we were driving, Mom and and Una and I we were coming back from the village and we were coming back to the house and all of a sudden this frog, like a bullfrog jumped across the road in front of us. And, and Una, our cousin Una was like, Oh, but Jesus, somebody's going to be dead. And we're like, Una, that's not true. It's just some myth. And we came around the corner and lo and behold, there was an ambulance at the neighbor's house and the neighbor had just died. Wow. Yeah. I'd never heard that before. I always thought that the the the, the like the the thing that the people saw or heard before someone died was the banshee, but not frogs. Well, and that's and the thing is though is is that the frogs is something that they actually because there's the bog there they have a lot of the frogs and stuff. So mm. it was just something that it's um, yeah, but that's unique for that 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 branch of the family tree. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're a special kind of woo-woo-y. Well, you know, and the thing is though, is when you think about it though, frogs, when you look at about like the the spiritual symbolic nature of a frog, a frog embodies change. Mm. And so when you think about change, what's more of a change than, you know, death? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, that's the ultimate change, I think, wouldn't it? Yeah. Going yeah. from being alive to being dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a big change. Yeah. It's a big change, you know. So it's um, it, you know, and it's it's you know, I think it it all kind of depends on what what um you believe. Like for us. Like that little, like just now for my brother Joe and his wife Jennifer, 
fraught. It actually kind of symbolized a change for them too, but it was a positive thing. So when my my sister-in-law, Jennifer, she they were, um, I think they were having a barbecue at one of her family and then, and my, and Joe, my brother, or Joe knows a lot of her brothers and worked with them. And he saw her and she was chasing like a bullfrog, a big bullfrog. And she was trying to get the bull, the frog to come up to her. So she squatted down and she started ribbiting. She's like, and they're like, what are you doing? And Joe's like, what are you doing? He's like, she's like, I'm calling it to get it to come over to me. And he goes, the damnedest thing. She was, she started croaking at the frog, and all of a sudden the frog jumped over to her and started croaking at her. It was hilarious. He goes, and that's when I fell in love with her, and I knew I wanted to marry her. And she, she could speak to uh, ugly, ugly toads. Well, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I wasn't either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure neither one of them was. Well, they might. <laughs> You know, I'm I, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. I will leave it at that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's just uh, it's it's interesting though, like the different cultural stuff and how people look at some the same thing, but it's, it's different symbolic meanings for for, di- for different people, right? For for us, you know, the frogs is not a bad thing. I mean, for me, I've always had really good experience with frogs and to see that little frog outside my house was actually a really good thing. It was, it was like, it was, you know, kind of welcomed me home. Look, it was telling me, here's a big change. You just bought a, this big old, big old mansion. Here's, that's a pretty big change for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like this house is, it, it is so high tech and fancy. My washing machine doesn't beep. It sings. Yes. Yes. It sings at me. Yeah. The washing machine and the dryer sings. And it's so melodious. And it's so sweet and so nice. That's, I think that you probably have the same machine that Carrie had at her house. Because that's how it was with hers, too. And then you guys have the, um, that, uh, uh, Google enabled uh, thermometer thing in your house too. Is that what that is? Is it a Google thing? Because it is. You can control your heat and stuff from your phone. Yes. Kind of like you could with your your locks and stuff. Yes, and we still have to set it. We have a ring doorbell too, but we need to figure out how to set that too. Yeah. I guess the previous owners have to completely totally delete the app from their phone to disconnect from our ring. They probably have so. to deactivate it or something. You know, and the, the sad thing is, is that um, I actually have a really cool dragon doorbell that I wanted to use. So. Well, you could probably find a, a, a cool dragon cover for the ring. But it's not going to be the dragon doorbell that I have. That's cool. This is true. Although having the ring is is kind of handy because then you can, you know, when someone rings your doorbell, your phone will like chime up and you can see who's at your door even when you're not home. Well, we actually have some security cameras that have like their uh, motion detector lights that do the same thing, and you don't have to have a a subscription. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you just have to have internet, and as long as you have internet, they work, and you can talk through them. 
And so you can hear, you, you got, um, uh, you have speakers where you can hear what's being said, and then you can actually have a microphone where you can talk to them and, or vice versa on that. And yeah. then um, you can actually sync them up with, if I had like five cameras, I could sync them all up together so that, and I could put them throughout all around the entire house. So nice. Well, yeah. and, and and I'm sure you guys have probably already done this, but you definitely want to make sure that the passwords for those things are unique and not the defaults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where, yeah, it's going to be. Um, and, that, and that's, that's, I set the passwords. Okay, good. And I'm, I'm really good about coming up with passwords. Uh, that's good because... I you see these I see stories of people who who buy security cameras and stuff for you know or or whatever for their house and their 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 IP cameras which is like they're like they have an IP address like a computer or a phone does and if right. they if they're not customized for the, the the password and stuff anybody can just anybody can log into it as long as they know your IP address yeah so yeah and that's and that's just it though. Is I make sure that I set up those things because he gets frustrated. He's not one who does. Romeo's not the kind of person who likes to deal with a lot of different kinds of uh, passwords. And whereas I tell him, like, look, I do unique passwords where um, I I have a, I have kind of like uh, a system that I use to come up with different passwords. And it's a really, and you, like any of those password, you know, where they, they, they test the sensitivity of your password. Mm -hmm. Mine's obviously for strong. Nice. You know, so, and, and, and I, I, so, but it's there, I also do it in a way that's unique for me and easy for me to remember. So. And not easily guessable. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing like, I don't do anything that would be based on somebody's, birth date or somebody's you know the things that are easy you know, like my kids birth dates or social security number or shit like that that's too easily you know to be able to come up with you know and I use you know like I, I recently learned that an exclamation point is something that a lot of people use as an extra character so I like I went through anything that I had the exclamation point got rid of that yeah. I'm like that's that's you know <laughs> even though if it's something that is is too easy to remember yeah. then you know I, i'd like to try and find something really unique and something um unusual I, but memorable to me yeah i i have an app on my phone that um remembers all my passwords for me and yeah. uh i have one password to access that that i can always remember so you know and that's important it's funny i, I used to, we talk about passwords and i gotta tell you years and years and years ago right after i first started doing stand-up good lord it was forever ago and um, I, at, at where I worked, I had to remember. Uh, it, it came up, and it was it was very you know how they 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 out of the blue say you have to change your password right now. Right. I'm like assholes. You don't even give me a chance to think about it. And so I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I will never forget this password. So I plugged it in and didn't didn't you know write it down anywhere. Right. <laughs> And the next day, I came in, and I'm like, what the fuck's my password? <laughs> I've done that. And, uh, and, and everybody kept asking me, didn't you write it down? And I'm like, no, I didn't write it down. 
because I knew that it was something that was so unique that I wouldn't be able to forget it because it had something to do with comedy. And I wouldn't forget it. And it had something to do with stand-up. And I could not. And I finally ended up having to reach out to IT. I'd have the, the thing reset. And I'm like, I was mad because I knew in two days I would remember it. And sure <laughs> enough, they're sitting at my computer and I was typing something. I went, son of a bitch! And people go, you, you remembered your password, huh? And I go, yes! And I said, you guys are going to be so... You're going to laugh at me. And they're like, why? I go, because my password was literally write that down. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Because in comedy, that was something that, you know, we always said when we were doing open mics and stuff, when we were talking to each other, did you write that down? Write that down. Write that down. That's funny. Write that down. And so I was like, that was the most said phrase in stand-up. Write that down. down. <laughs> so when everybody was asking me, did you write it down? Did you write it down? No, I didn't write it oh, down. Oh man. The password I used back in the nineties and I haven't used it in well over a decade at this point, or actually probably two decades actually, um, was damn it. Cause that was the first thing that I said when I couldn't remember my password. Damn it. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then uh yep. yeah. And then um that was the thing back in the nineties uh you know, you, you didn't want to use easy to guess passwords because it was easy oh, to, because your username was typically your name and then like maybe a number or something. And all they had to do was guess what the number was and then first and last name. And then uh, I think it was in a movie, even they say that the, the four passwords that people should never ever use love, God, password, and sex. Never ever use those as passwords. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you can even use a three letter password. No, you anymore. can't. Most places want you have have a minimum of eight characters anymore. This, yeah. this, keep in mind, this was 30 years ago. Oh, my God. Okay, don't, don't age us, okay? We're being right here. <laughs> yeah. So, when you think 30 years ago, what year do you think of, Marianne? What feels like 30 years ago to you? Oh, 30 years ago feels like 1950s. <laughs> 30 years ago feels like, you know, I, I, I can't even think of like 30. Well, yeah, I would say 60s even, like mid-60s. Yeah, yeah that's what I think about too. You know, and it's, it's funny because um, uh, I remember – in grade school in grade school we did this math problem and the teacher told us to figure out how old we would be in 2000 the year 2000 yeah i remember doing that yeah in 2000 and i was like oh my god i'm gonna be 30 i'm gonna be so old what was it? Somebody said the other day, it was in a video that I posted. It was like, uh, 2045 is closer to us than 1991. Something like that. I could get the, I could have the, the dates wrong, but I was like, what? No, like, no, God, really? Oh, Shit. that, yeah. Oh my God. 20... 2045. Think about that. Twenty forty five. 
And that's like what, twenty five years? Yeah. And yeah. Nineteen ninety was thirty one years ago. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's wow. That that okay. makes you feel old, doesn't it? So freaking old. So freaking old. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, uh, just, oh, you want to hear something, <laughs> you want to hear, you want to hear something funny? I, I, I've been on, I've been playing around on TikTok for the past few months, and then I hadn't used it for like two or three months, and then I posted two videos last week, and I get banned for like a week. They said, you can't, you can't post anything until this day. And then that day was today, and I looked on, I opened the app to see, you know, if I've been unbanned and I got another ban for a couple more days. I was like, what the fuck? I haven't been able to post anything for seven days. Why am I getting another ban? So I went ahead and deleted like the last three videos that I posted thinking that maybe those were why I got banned because I, I violated community guidelines. They didn't tell you what the violation was just that you violated them. And they don't tell you what was the you know what caused the violation. They just say you violated a, a, you know the guidelines, and we were not allowing you to post anything. You can watch other people, you can comment on things, but you can't post anything. What was the videos that you posted? Uh there was a video of a guy who who sneezed and farted at the same time, and I thought it was hilarious because you know farts are funny, and. Um, that- that was against their community guidelines. I guess I'm not sure. Maybe it was a. It was a. Maybe their algorithm is is being tweaked or something, and just random shit is being blocked. I don't know. That's possible. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just I was like, what? I very I rarely even post on here. Why am I all of a sudden getting you know getting a, a you know seven day ban from posting anything? Wow. I can't. Yeah, so I was just like, all right, well. I wasn't really active on here anyways, but okay. Bye. <laughs> I guess yeah, I'll go I back to Instagram. I have never I've I've never really been on Instagram. I've never ever been on TikTok. I don't know any of these different things. I, I know that I I hear of these things and here's here's a question that I posed. Do you remember way back well, not way back, but like a year ago, I used to this is one of my guilty pleasures that I used to enjoy doing when I'd wake up on a weekend. Yeah. Um, I lay in bed. I would lay in bed if I didn't have any plans for the day. And sometimes even when I did have plans, I would lay in bed and watch a video on Facebook. And it always turned out like it would take you down this rabbit hole of all these other videos. <laughs> right. Same thing. And, I, and before, before I knew it, hours had gone by. Yep. Yep. They don't do that anymore. They don't have videos. You can't watch videos. Why? They don't? I watch no. videos on Facebook all the time. They don't have the rabbit hole ones anymore. You can't go watch a video and scroll through to other videos. Um, well, I mean, I do. And maybe the videos that you liked are not being posted anymore, or maybe you haven't watched enough of them that, that Facebook knows what you like to see. It has an algorithm that it learns that what you like and what you don't like and it will show you more of that thing so whatever it was you were watching that you're not seeing anymore 
I'm sure if you did a search for that particular video, you might find that rabbit hole again. You know, it's it's weird because I used to, it used to take me just on all these different like, and I could watch somebody else's video that they posted, and then from there, yeah. after the video was over, it would go show me another video, and I could scroll through all these yeah. different videos. I yeah. don't have that anymore. I I each time I go onto 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 face. Facebook watch. I, I watch uh, a random video. It's usually a random video that one of our family posts. And then of course, then that kind of leads me to something else because it's something else I've watched before. Lately, it's been a lot of Karen videos, lots of like outraged people, like freak out videos. Right. And I think that's uh, why I don't, go to the, I don't go to the Facebook watch. That's probably why. Yeah. That's where all the videos are located these days. They just they just changed it because I used to watch Trevor Noah. It's on there still, yeah. I used to like watching the Daily Show. Yep. Um, like different videos that he would post, even like not the full episodes, but you know, and there's a lot of different things I used to like to watch that I just don't get to see anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to click on their if they if they post a video on their their main page. Um, when you when you clicked on the video, it takes you over to Facebook Watch. And at least it should anyway. That's the way it always does for me. I yeah, Trevor Noah's videos. I those are the ones I usually watch, and then I'll go on a on a, uh, on a comedy rabbit hole down a bunch of other yeah. political comedy stuff. Mm. Well, I'm gonna have to cut us kind of a little bit short because I've got a long day tomorrow, and I got a show tomorrow in Cedar Woolley. I'll be there with Jamal. I'll be there too. Are you? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad we're, that you're. We're, we're all going. I thought, you know, unless unless I was, unless I wasn't told no, something. No, I haven't. No, no, I hadn't. I hadn't talked to you for a little bit, so that's yeah. awesome. And then, um, but I got to start my day out in in Chehalis, so I got to go drive to Chehalis in the morning out by Chehalis, and then I got to drive back to Sumner, grab Romeo, and then drive out to to Cedar Woolley, and get there by seven o'clock. So yeah, and then. Saturday morning is um, Chris Brannon, aka the Sonic Guys. His memorial service is this Saturday yeah. morning. We'll go to, and then Saturday evening, Jamal will be at the Renzo Theater doing Jamco Presents, and I will be doing um, uh, the Ricky Jays in Puyallup doing in um, stand up with a few folks that I haven't seen for a while, so. I'm actually closing out that show, so I'll be headlining that show. All right, on. So who else is going to be doing that show? Um, there's a few people in there. Mike Hansen, Kaikuyu, I, you know, Kaikuyu is going to be there, and then there's going to be um, a couple other guys that are um, kind of newer in this area. So it should be a fun show. I mean, it should yeah. be a good. It'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun time. So I'm looking forward. This will be the first time I've done Ricky J. Now, mind you. Ricky Jays is someplace that I've lived a couple of miles from Ricky Jays for eleven years, right? And never did never did the room, um, and a lot of other comics are doing it and stuff. So it's just kind of an interesting thing uh, to see who else getting that venue. So um, and then it's, it's just it's going to be a, a it's going to be a fun time. It'll be a fun show, and I'm looking forward to it. But it's going to be like I said, tomorrow's going to be a really long, busy day. So. I gotta get up early, early, and then it's like it's gonna be from Chehalis to Cedar Woolley is probably about a four-hour drive. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be a long day. So, 
but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, to seeing Jamal. I haven't seen Jamal in a couple of years, and this will be the first time that Jamal actually gets to physically meet Romeo for the first time. Nice. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. I love introducing Romeo to, to my friends and family because they just, they all love him. So Romeo's a good guy. I mean, he's, he's hard not to love. <laughs> all right, folks. Enough. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of it's not about you with Todd and Marianne. Cause Jamal's is in traveling. He's traveling Lying. to Washington from New York next week. He'll yep. be back. And, um, yep. I will probably, I'll if I'm allowed, I'll probably do some videos um, for at tomorrow's show and post them on the on the Facebook page. Yeah. But um. Yeah. It, it definitely will be a fun time. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody and you know having a drink and just relaxing and after the show. Yeah. All um, right, folks. See you next. See you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal, Marianne, and Cousin Todd. Be sure to check them out on all their social medias at notaboutyoupod.